I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Life, Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. This coronavirus is hitting us from all angles, as you very well know. In fact, you're probably sick of hearing about it. Uh, It is a bit taxing to uh, have so many conversations uh, regarding one such uh, seemingly unstoppable force. Now, there is an inaccuracy in what I just said because this force is not unstoppable. You and I uh, can do things to combat it. In fact, uh, I don't mean to brag. Uh, But I have told you a number of times that today I am broadcasting from my guest bedroom. And uh, it's a challenge. I'm not there alongside producer Amy, who gives me so much good guidance on the fly. Uh, I'm not there with the rest of the team, Amber and Gustavo, and the rest of the fine folks in the newsroom. Uh, That is uh, a sacrifice that I'm making, and I believe that it, along with uh, your good sacrifices, some of the social distancing, staying home from work, working from home if you're able, uh, all the kids home from school right now, uh, limiting some of our travels and our eating at restaurants and such like that, all of that, that big, giant, collective effort uh, will prove that this force is not unstoppable and that you and I are capable through our patience and discipline uh, and and hygiene and the following of this good guidance, uh, our adherence uh, to the wisdom of the experts, that will ultimately uh, lead us to victory and uh, place us atop uh, this foe once we have uh, defeated the virus. And I look forward to that day. hope it comes sooner rather than later. Uh, But I am confident in uh, the actions we're taking right now. Uh, I got a phone call yesterday from a friend of mine, Wade Garrett. He and I have spoken a number of times on this program. Uh, He and I have known each other a long time. And he said, hey, listen, uh, there's there's something I want you to uh, talk to the Utah Farm Bureau president about. And it has to do uh, with the misconception that may be out there. uh, And it has to do with the agricultural sector. It it may make sense to some uh, that as we go to the grocery store and we see the empty shelves where the toilet paper used to stand, uh, or we see the empty shelves where the hand sanitizer and the bottled water uh, used to be stocked. Uh, It may make sense to us to think that those folks that grow food and uh, raise cattle uh, and such like that are probably doing pretty well right now as we stock up on supplies to endure however long we uh, are engaged in this fight against the coronavirus. Uh, Well, my friend, Wade, he says, you know, it's not exactly that way. And uh, the best way to, to understand the reality being faced by all those farmers uh, working in the agricultural sector uh, would be to speak to the president of the Utah Farm Bureau, Ron Gibson, who joins us now. Uh, sir, how are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you, Lee? 
Not too bad at all. Uh, it's sequestered here in the guest bedroom, but I'm not complaining because I know I'm doing my part. Uh, t- tell <laughs> us, what, what are folks uh, in, your line of the, in your line of work experiencing right now? What's the reality? Well, um, you know, this last couple of weeks has definitely been an eye-opener, and I think anybody in the whole country that didn't feel a little bit freaked out by all this would be a liar. But um, it really is has been an eye-opener to the fact that our food supply is very important to the country, isn't it? You know, I mean, it's quite a feeling when you walk into the grocery store and you see um, a shelf that has no milk, that has no beef, that has no chicken, has no bread. Um, that's a scary situation. And what we want you to know from Farm Bureau is that um, the food supply is solid, it's safe, it's secure. We have plenty of food out there to to supply the country, but the concern is that 42% of all dairy products produced in our country go through food service. That means hotels, restaurants, that kind of thing. And what we have done here is we've kind of shut those two things down, right? We've asked people not to go to restaurants, not to go out. And so 42% of, of that agricultural movement is stopped. So that puts a lot more pressure on the grocery store. And sure. even, when you figure in, even when you figure in the benefit of what we're getting from the grocery store, increased sales, we're still not keeping up with, with the same demand that we, that we once had. And you depend on uh, that revenue that comes from that 42% uh, of, uh, say, food service uh, outfits to maintain your operations. Uh, if you Absolutely. find yourself on unsure footing uh, because of a loss in, in that uh, area, your ability to maintain uh, a plenty stock in the shelves of the grocery stores may be compromised. Yes. And so, so the challenge is, for example... You know, um, drive-through restaurants are still still okay. So what we're seeing right now is there's a whole bunch of hamburger being sold, right? I mean, a lot of people are driving through, picking up a burger and fries, and that's awesome. The challenge that we have is that how many ribeyes are getting sold? How many sirloin steaks are getting sold through those drive-throughs? Very few. And so our processing capability, everybody's trying to figure out, wait a minute, we we once had a sell for X amount of pounds of ribeye steaks. Now we might not have that sell today. And so we, we've got an increase in, in hamburger, but we have, have a decrease in, in steak. Same things for the dairy industry. You know, we might have an increase of American cheese that that goes on those hamburgers. We might have an increase of um, um, different kinds of cheeses that people eat at home. But where we're going to see a risk is we're probably not going to sell as much mozzarella cheese. We're not going to have as much pizza sales and, and those kind of things. And so it's a very big challenge for our industry and our supply chain and delivery chain to to change where you've been and two weeks later be in an entirely different world. Does that make sense? Sure. 100%. Uh, 
Uh, Ron Gibson, president of the Utah Farm Bureau. Sir, uh, I'm glad uh, you made some time for us to explain this. Uh, it is so important that we understand, I think, the, uh, the ripple effect, some of these unintended consequences of our actions, and we just understand uh, that when we alter our behavior so dramatically, uh, this time appropriately so, to combat this coronavirus, uh, that there are those who feel it. And it uh, is not just the folks in the agricultural sector, but also us as consumers. When we uh, stop patronizing the restaurants in the numbers we are accustomed to patronizing them with, uh, we may uh, feel on the other end of that uh, the impact on the shelves of our grocery stores. So uh, I'm guessing, uh, Mr. Gibson, you probably wouldn't mind if folks took advantage of the information at uh, websites like supportutahdining.com, finding where all the uh, restaurants are offering this curbside service the delivery service. Uh, maybe we get this whole system back uh, to, to, to the types of numbers we're used to enjoying so that uh, we continue to pay the good and fair prices for the food that stocks our shelves at the grocery store. You know, I can't say enough about how important it is that we support those local businesses. Just like we want you to support our local farms and ranches, we don't support those local businesses, and they don't endure this one-month Two months, I mean, I hope it's not longer than that. This closure time, how are they going to pay their rent? How are they going to pay their employees? And uh, it's, just, it's just a very important thing and something that we all ought to keep, keep in our minds as we make our buying decisions, right? Yeah, we'll leave it at that. Uh, Ron Gibson, again, uh, president of the Utah Farm Bureau, uh, letting us know that uh, everything has an impact on something else. Uh, grateful to you for your time. We're going to take a quick break here. When we come back, producer Amy's going to join me. Uh, we're going to look at some of the stuff that we didn't quite get to on today's episode uh, of Live Mike. I am Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.